0: Welcome to another Take Note podcast, episode 89. My name is Chris Harper. This podcast is based on the Take Note radio program, which is heard weekdays on Harvest Family Radio Guam. On that program, we discuss a theme or topic from the Word of God between songs. In this podcast version, we provide about a 10-minute recap of one of our favorite recent programs, Minus the Music. Today, we want to ask you to take note of Luke 16, 19 through 31. We'll read a passage today that is, in many ways, unique in the New Testament. Some may think of it as a parable, but it names one of the men involved, so probably isn't, and it's never called a parable. Furthermore, it doesn't fit the usual definition, which is a presentation of spiritual truth, using an earthly illustration. This is quite different, which is why I call it unique. It presents spiritual truth directly with no earthly metaphor. We call it the rich man and Lazarus, and we find it in Luke 16. Today, we'll talk about the great gulf that was fixed between these two men. Whether a true account or a parable, it provides many important details And quite a realistic image of hell. It's vivid enough to get anyone's attention. And it will be our focus of the day. That is Luke 16, 19-31. This is quite a lengthy passage with much to examine, so it's probably best to forgo any preliminaries. This is how Jesus begins the account, Luke 16, 19 and 20. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores. These two men live very different lives. The first is wealthy. He's described here as a person Abounding in material resources, and he wore expensive clothing colored with purple dye, and he was able to enjoy all the best things every day. The other man was quite poor. He must have been, for he begged others for money. He was destitute of wealth. He was needy and in poor health. It says later he had ulcers all over his body. And while the rich man lived inside a house with a gate, That man laid outside, on the ground. The contrast couldn't be clearer from the very beginning. One man lives in comfort while the other, Lazarus, suffers. The text has further detail about his suffering. Luke 16, 21 and 22. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Just that which fell from the rich man's table would have been a delight for Lazarus. Helpless, he lay while the dogs came and licked his sores. Still, because death is common to man, both died. In this, there is no difference between them. They were sinners by birth and sinners by choice, and the wages of their sin, like ours, is death. After death, we find more contrast. Angels carried the beggar to what's called Abraham's bosom, while the rich man simply was buried. But we find out more about their location after death as we continue, Luke 16, 23, and in hell He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. In death, Lazarus, it appears, was carried to a place where the patriarchs of faith resided, a place of care and of comfort, as though he were there in a place of honor during a banquet. But the rich man was tormented. This means he experienced acute pains. No sign of a banquet or of resting on the banquet host's bosom. No care, as though from a father, and no comfort, but rather exactly the opposite. And then the rich man cried in Luke sixteen twenty four, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Here we see the rich man was in flame, and he desires for a bit of relief. We may recall that in life, Lazarus desired just a crumb of food from his table. In some similarity, the rich man desires only for his tongue to be cooled with a drop of water. This alone would have been a mercy to him in his torment. And then Abraham reminds him, Luke sixteen twenty five and 26. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now is he comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us. That would come from thence. So the tables have well and truly turned here. A lifetime on earth of wealth and comfort seems so distant to the rich man now. The same could be said of Lazarus' troubles and trials. They were long gone, but life was temporary, and they were now in their permanent places of residence for eternity with no way to cross the gulf between one of the destinations and the other, for the gap could never be crossed. And we're left wondering how this happened. Are rich men then deserving of punishment and poor men deserving of comfort? Well, the next few verses are a big help in explaining. Luke 16:27 and 28. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Now the rich man has become the beggar. The rich man begs Abraham to send word to his brethren. He wants them to be warned of the torments awaiting them. He cannot go back, but perhaps someone else can testify that God's wrath is real. But no special message would be prepared for them, for God had already spoken. Abraham declares as much in Luke sixteen twenty nine. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. God's word is testimony enough. He has spoken clearly. In Moses and the prophets, Israel have a multitude of encouragements to trust the one true God, to follow him alone in faith. They're warned not to reject his way. They're provided with truth of a coming Messiah. And many had faith. They're spoken of in Hebrews 11, which begins, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And it further says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Of Abraham himself, Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham and of Abraham's wife. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Here and in following verses, others are named as well. And it says of them, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. But the rich man fails to accept this, Luke 16, 30 and 31. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. When will we believe? When will we trust what the Bible tells us about Christ and about Christ being the exclusive means of salvation for all mankind? When someone comes back from the dead to tell us? Or will we believe the testimony that God has already provided in the scriptures? Well, you've been listening to the Take Note podcast. These few minutes together are brought to you by Harvest Ministries and KHMG on Guam. Our website is khmg.org, khmg.org. Every episode, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God. My name is Chris Harper. Thanks for listening.